Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue, faces turn red, and rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now... Two guys who run a four-minute 40. Hey, hi Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions podcast, episode 376, your game preview show. I am your dashing host, Chris, for the official Detroit Lions podcast Reddit. And with me is one of my favorites from Detroit, one of the most intelligent, wonderful on-air voices casting across the fruited plain of the city of Detroit, Tony T.O. Ortiz. How you doing, my man? Good to see you. Again. I'm doing I'm doing good. I should be mad at you, though, because now I suddenly have a taste for ice cream. Long story. We'll explain later. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry for doing that. <laughs> All right. We've got a lot to talk about. It's been a couple weeks since, since we've done this. Uh, we've got a Lions Brown preview. I think I remember how to do it, Tony. You'll carry me if I don't, right? You know what we're doing. I, absolutely. I've got your back. <laughs> we'll really quick hit on the St. Jude Christmas for the kids. Just got a super chat going on from Floundericious. He's offering up a $250 match for the entirety of this show. Plus a bonus $100 if we tie the $250 match. So all we have to do is raise $250, folks. That makes us like $600. That's getting banged for your buck. Tax deductible. All right, we'll talk about the injury report. We have some game predictions. Got the Vegas odds and a whole lot more. Floundericious, thank you for the match. And T.O., great show lined up. Are you ready to go, my man? I'm ready. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right, let's do this. Now, how do you get that match action from Flounder? Flounder, thanks, man. I really appreciate you doing that. You are really the the true MVP, as Nick says in the chat. Go to stjude.org slash DLP. stjude.org slash DLP. As you can see in the screen there, we're at $28,589. It's 69 cents, of course, uh, raised so far <laughs> to bring Christmas to the kids. There's, there was someone that was fighting that, and the and the, the crew fought on and brought it back every time, back Good. to 69. So I, I don't know what it means. It's something about us and our, our audience. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, you know, no matter rain or shine, someone's getting wet on this show. All right. <laughs> Let's talk about... The Lions and the Browns have got some meta information about the game. Let's get into that. These teams, this actually surprised me, Tony, because these teams have been around for ages. Yes. They've only met 24 times. Really? Yeah. And in all of history, and, and a lot of that was in the 50s. I couldn't yeah. believe how, how few it was. But as I went through the data and got this, I absolutely, this is one of the most fun little research reports I've done on, on the, the Lions metadata on, the, on their matchups for the week. So indulge me a little bit as we go through this. Help yourself. Four times these teams have met in the postseason in their history. And uh, the last time they met was 2017. Okay. The Lions lead the series. This is the first of all the series we've covered. The Lions <laughs> lead. And they don't just they don't just lead it. 19 wins and five losses against the Browns wow. in those 24 games. Smoke it up. <laughs> <laughs> Lions have won the last four, seven out of the last ten. They have never tied. And the okay. first time they played was in 1952. Where the Lions took it seventeen to six, interesting. Um, and the total points scored. This is another one. Uh, the Browns have scored four hundred and fifty-three points in those twenty-four games. The Lions six hundred and twenty, with a nice. gap of six point nine five points per game. It's like a touchdown a game. Wow, it's cr- 
crazy. This is, I love I, this. <laughs> this. I know these numbers are incredible because it's like you didn't expect this with the Browns, and it's like the Lions have been dominant against the Browns. Absolutely, yeah. Which means they'll get crushed Sunday, but what the hell? It was a good start, you oh, know? You're going right to the end of the show, huh? No, no, no. <laughs> uh, Lions have beat the Browns th- in three out of four Thank meetings you. for the NFL championship. Big Dom, thank you, sir, for the $5 to St. Jude. Three out of four times, the Lions have beaten the Browns. In 1952, 53, and 57, they won, and they mm-hmm. lost in 54. Think about this, Chris, if you want to go upside down, what if, whatever. In the 50s, teams in the NFL were saying, why can't we be more like the Lions or the Browns? Because they were the dominant teams in the 50s. And like you said, they met three times in the championship game. That's just wild to me to think that teams were patterning themselves after the Lions and after the Browns, two of the most tortured fan bases in in history. Recent history, yeah. I mean, why can't we be like the Lions? Exactly. I mean, if we throw back to your day, Tony, we could talk about Otto Graham and probably one of the greatest. Sorry, I didn't mean that. I I mean, I meant to tease you. (laughs) You're not nearly that old. I mean, you're. Thank you. Um, Otto Graham, one of the greatest quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, right? What a what a guy. If you guys haven't just there's some YouTube footage of him playing. It's pretty incredible. It really is something to see. Um, Thinking back, the biggest memory, it it was interesting because when I got to this point, I'm like, gosh, they haven't played all that much. And what do I? And there's the one memory. And I know you know what it is. I know you know what it is. Matthew Stafford's rookie season. Yep. Yep. Dislocated shoulder. One of the most. Like it can bring it can bring a tear to your eye watching that today. The NFL Network and I forget who the host was. Said, he just stands aside and says, "Let the sounds of the game carry it." And it's like five minutes of the last two minutes of a game, and it's about five or six minutes of audio. But watching him go out there and line a hand, and and then the whole thing when when that shoulder gets dislocated, and Matthew Stafford, what an absolute warrior! What a warrior, man! That is the one that stands out to me. There's another that stands out to me. And for a much different reason, the first game of the Matt Millen slash Marty Morningweg era was a game in Cleveland against the Browns. They started Ty Detmer over Charlie Batch. And I think you remember what happened in that game. Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, seven picks. So all I remember, all I remember was watching Charlie Batch walk off the field, like shaking his head, like I could have been in the game at any time <laughs> I've, I've been here gosh the the charlie batch years were crazy years in lions history i remember when joe i mean joey he'd have a bad quarter or a bad first series and the stands just would start chanting for uh well he was eastern michigan product wasn't he eastern mm-hmm. michigan charlie batch and they would just they just kept chanting for him and i'm like oh my gosh what are we doing here <laughs> what are we as a fan base it, it was crazy it was either First, it was the chant for Charlie Batch, and then, which made it even better at some point, there was the chant for Mike McMahon. Yes. Random Lions quarterbacks for 100, Alex. Mike McMahon. Never a chant for Chuck Long, though. No. <laughs> no. Sorry. No. Or, or Andre, Andre Ware? No. no. <laughs> yeah, actually, there used to be chants for Andre Ware. Until he there actually saw the field. <laughs> the chance for get him out, get him out. Wow. <laughs> wow. Now, in Andre Ware's defense, He's a pretty good color analyst for ESPN and for the Houston Texans radio network. He's outstanding, but the Detroit years were kind of rough. We haven't, we have a way of doing that to people, right? I mean, if you think about Jared Goff, he's had, he's had a pretty illustrious career up to this point. He's had his ups and downs, but I mean, he's been in more Super Bowls than Lions fans team have, right? (laughs) 
You're correct. <laughs> you are absolutely correct. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. So there's the Lions meta. The Lions against the Browns kind of looking ahead to the game. Let's get right into our Diamond CBD. What do we call it? The uh, injury report. That's what they call those things. And uh, Diamond CBD. Go to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com. Hook yourself up. Pain, anxiety, and insomnia. You can find some good relief there. Uh, the creams are awesome if you're working out or you have sore muscles or whatever. They work on them just great. Do a great job for you. Um, the regular CBD is out there. Then also they have the Delta 8 or they have the uh, amazing uh, active CBD, which is uh, is legal in all 50 states. You want a little bit of uh, extra kind of Friday night fun in your head, a little buzz going on, that's the stuff for you. Head on over to cbd.detroitlionspodcast.com, and I'm telling you that stuff will take care of all kinds of things that you have going on. I, I Since I've been working out, I've been living on that, on that uh, CBD cream, and it just, I feel so much better. The recovery is Good. so much faster. All right. Injury report, not CBD. That's what we're talking about. Let's uh, see. The Lions list is is interesting, long. <laughs> and it's interesting because there's a couple of names on the list in the out slash doubtful section yep. that um, we need to talk about. So let's go through it first. Trey Flowers out, didn't practice all week with a uh, with a knee injury. That's an interesting. Trey's such an an enigma to me. He he came back last week. He came back into the game and I, played well. Yeah. I didn't expect this to come, you know, be persistent like this. I should have probably. Right. That's the one to me. That There's another one that's even bigger, but we'll get to that one. But the Trey Flowers one is big to me just simply because they're going to need to put pressure on Baker Mayfield and they're going to need all of their defensive end slash linebackers to be up there to put pressure on that Browns running game, which is pretty good. And to not have Trey Flowers there with his veteran presence, that's going to be an issue for the Lions on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next one, a guy that st- <laughs> this is this is so Lions. I hate it. Jamar Jefferson uh, yeah. didn't practice all week. He's out. I I, I know that it was. It looked like an ankle. I mean, he, he obviously was in pain. I just mm-hmm. didn't see how it got. Like it was. He I didn't felt either. strange, but I just didn't see the the actual what did it. And of course, it's on. You know, he comes out has an amazing play. It's like, oh my gosh, we found a guy. You know, without. Without uh, Tyrell Williams, we've got this guy here. He's stepping in. He's the guy that's going to carry us with those runs up the middle. He's going to be able to do so much for us. Watched him at uh, training camp this year, just driving that little sled, that little three-inch off-the-ground sled 50 yards off, 50 yards back, just killing himself. And it was it was great to see him like get out there and, and this payoff and then immediately go out. And he is out for the game. No, no practice all week. That hurts. That one hurts. Um, Matt Nelson tackle. Ankle did not practice. He, he had limited practice on Thursday, then didn't practice today. Uh, he's ruled out. That's important for depth purposes simply because now you've got, well, Taylor Decker, if he does play, right, is the left right. tackle. Penny Sewell is the right tackle. So if for some reason Decker doesn't play, and we'll get to that in a moment, and they shift Sewell back to left tackle, now becomes now the question becomes who steps in at right tackle since you're not going to have your starting right tackle or the guy who's your backup right tackle in Matt Nelson. Right, right. A lot of dancing around um, out there. Jared Goff is listed with his oblique still. Did not practice all week and is doubtful. I I I, I don't even know why they listed him as doubtful. Right? He's he's not he's, gonna play. He's out. Yeah. He didn't practice all week, and I uh, nine times out of ten, NFL coaches Chris will not play a guy that has not practiced all week. There are exceptions. Aaron Rodgers last week practiced or didn't practice, but he played for Green Bay. Right. But again. 
Let me make this perfectly clear before anybody writes you. I'm not comparing Jared Goff to Aaron Rodgers. I'm just saying there are certain quarterbacks, certain players that coaches have confidence in that if they don't practice, they will play. I don't think that's going to be the case with Jared Goff, which means the Tim Boyle era is about to begin. And by the way, his nickname from some people that I've seen on social media, TB12. Yeah. Ed, no. <laughs> no. Tomorrow's headline, front page Detroit News, Tony Ortiz compares Jared Goff and Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, yeah, that's um, not TB12, but, you know, there's – there is such a thing as Boyle's law and the, you know, the gas expands to fill the space of the container. The greatness of Tim Boyle is about to expand to fulfill the greatness <laughs> of 60 minutes of Lions football. Hey, listen, I mentioned Aaron Rodgers. There is one thing that does work for me in Tim Boyle's favor, which is the fact that he was the backup to Aaron Rodgers. He did spend some time in Green Bay. So at I least he got a chance to see a guy like Aaron Rodgers prepare for an NFL game. And look, he was, he did have some time with the Lions last year. I'm convinced Tim Boyle will be an interesting guy to watch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. He's going to be – it's interesting in that Blau isn't playing because I thought Blau was yes. number two behind him, and now that's not the case, and I, I can't explain that. Um, I can't either. And, and no one seems to have an explanation to why David Blau suddenly dropped from number two on the depth chart to number three behind both now Goff and Tim Boyle. That's an interesting – it's an interesting question that I would hope somebody can answer this week, next week, why David Blau has suddenly dropped down. And keep this in mind as well, Chris. With golf out Sunday, there's a pretty good bet that he's not going to play on Thanksgiving Day against the Chicago Bears either. I don't know if you get a turnaround that fast with an injury like an oblique where you can not play on Sunday but turn around and play three, four days later on Thursday. So there's a good chance we get back-to-back boil. Um, that sounded really awful. Thank you. Got boils on the back and golf can't turn around. <laughs> what an oblique reference. All right. <laughs> that's terrible. Um, yeah, no, I, and, and that's interesting. The Blau, they're not saving him, right? They're not developing him. No. I don't think this, this looks good for him in the long term as a backup or a role. And after the, you know, the love they gave him early in the, uh, in the training mm-hmm. camp with his wife running in the Olympics and everyone came in and support him and watched it. This is just an odd turn. Very, very odd turn. We'll have to see what's going on with the palace intrigue there. Although I will say this much, that's a good step for Tim Boyle because that almost pretty much signals that he's probably going to come back and be in the mix to back up Jared Goff next year, assuming Jared Goff returns in 2022 as the Lions quarterback, which I think is going to happen. Really? I, I'm, I am now, I, I now have a question mark over that, actually. Okay. Um, it's interesting. I don't know that he'll be back next year. We can talk about that more. Uh, I, I don't, but we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Trinity Benson, he uh, limited practice on Friday. He's questionable. Mm-hmm. It was a late in the C, uh he, he practiced on Wednesday and Thursday, so something tweaked probably on Thursday. Uh, right. We'll see how he shows up. Taylor Decker uh, didn't practice on Thursday. Uh, limited practice on Friday. He practiced all day Wednesday. He did a shoulder. Well, it was his shoulder, right, or his elbow? Elbow. Elbow, yeah. Um, he, either one, you can't put it in your ear. Uh, he, he dinged that up in practice, and uh, so he's questionable as well. Tracy Walker, this is a guy I, I was – I hate – the fencing response, right? Immediately after that hit, he was on the ground with the hands up yep. doing the, I hate that. I hate that. I hate that. It's kind of just puts a knot in your stomach when you see it to see him up. He had uh full practice on um, 
on Friday today. So it's as long as there's no yeah, no uh ongoing symptoms tomorrow, he's he's gonna be good to play. So they have him as questionable. Jamal Williams, uh limited practice, they have him as questionable. I have a feeling if he can go at all with Jamar yeah. out, that they're gonna they're gonna have him out there. And then the rest of the names. One Austin Bryant, he full practice, he's you know, he's he's out there. Gilbert, Jerry Jacobs is all back, full practice mm-hmm. all week, and DeAndre Swift full practice on Friday today. So looks like they're gonna be in the game for us. Your guy, Jerry Jacobs, by the way, did not play badly against the Steelers at all. I I love this kid. He is so much um I, I can't sorry, I might get reversed. Right there. You can't really see it in the darkness. There's a football that he sent. Um he signed it and uh he's got that when we interviewed him, he was like, Never give up, man. Don't let people tell you. Don't ever let yourself go. Never give up when he signed it. He put never give up on it. Um he's got another one we're putting in the auction that he signed, uh, never give up give up as well. I and that's there's something about that. And, you, you know, we talked about, you know, kind of I came up a, a, a different way than a lot of people. And it was that persistence and that grind and that kind of never, never give up. He's got a special place in my heart. Just what what he's done to get to where he's at is really something special. And he's he's playing as good as an undrafted free agent as Jeff Okuda did as a rookie third round, third overall pick. Um, we've really got a gem in this kid. I am so happy with Jerry. Chris, there's something about being hungry and getting your opportunity and trying to prove that you belong. And I think that's what Jerry Jacobs has done. And he got love on the television broadcast as well, which was great to see. Yeah. And I think Jerry Jacobs, like you said, is a keeper here. He's a guy that hopefully in the coming years, as the Lions start to rebuild their roster and hopefully the team improves, that he's a guy who could be one of those building blocks, one of those cornerstones for the Lions as they continue this rebuild. Yep. There's three things to somebody um, stepping up to a job. There's three pieces, mm-hmm. competence, motivation, and opportunity. And Absolutely. all three of those things came together for him at exactly the right time. And he's shown that he's got the the competence to do that. And, and he's growing every week. It's He hasn't, and I, I gosh, I got to, he hasn't <laughs> had a backslide week. You know what I mean? And usually with these young guys, especially at the cornerback, it's such a difficult position to play. Yep. You'll, you'll play a great week and then you have a tough week. And especially in your first year. He's just continued this upward trend. He's yep. an anomaly. He's amazing. And this will be a good challenge this week for him, Chris, because not only does he have to get ready to face the Browns, but he's also got to get ready to face the Chicago Bears, too. And as we saw the first time the Lions and Bears met, they do have a set of pretty good wide receivers. Both of these teams, in fact, even without Odell Beckham as part of the picture in Cleveland, both of these teams have a really, really good set of wide receivers. Can we talk really quick about the Rams and OBJ, mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the, the LA steamer now? Um, I'm thinking <laughs> 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 he's. Um, oh yeah, I'm remembering that one. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, so we watched him sit in the sidelines. He played a little bit, but not much because he was brand new. They had Von Miller, who didn't he he didn't play right. He watched the game as well, but the Rams stunk that game up. Right. They yes. just got oh, you talking about San Francisco. Yeah. San Francisco. Yeah. So OBJ, he had a choice to sign with Green Bay or San Francisco. Chose mm-hmm. San, or sorry, or the Rams chose the Rams goes out there. Doesn't see a lot of play, but OK, you don't expect that. But he didn't expect to get blown out like that against the 49ers. Nobody expected that to happen. So they have a bye week. Cooper Cup was dropping balls like crazy. You know, yes, Stafford's number one. So now, you know, OBJ's in Stafford's ear. Right. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. I ain't going to drop the ball for you. I ain't going to drop the ball for you. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. Get me the ball. You know, he's doing his OBJ thing. Mm-hmm. And Stafford's there and he's like, oh, okay. okay. We'll, we'll, we'll practice. We'll work on it. Right. And they're, they're going through the practice. They're going to go play Green Bay in Green Bay. 
that's a tough place for, for especially for an LA team to go play. They're just, you know, it's right. going to be cold. It's going to be all those things. I don't know that staff is suddenly going to be giving OBJ, even with Woods out, giving him the targets that he wants. And if they come out of there with another loss and OBJ doesn't get his targets, you could start to see things very quickly come unraveled in there with that offensive group. I agree with you 100%. And here's something that bothered me about that San Francisco game, Chris. The very first play, the very first pass that Matthew Stafford threw was to Odell Beckham Jr. The second pass he threw in that game was to Odell Beckham Jr. To me, one of the reasons the Rams' offense did not look good against the 49ers was whenever he was out there, and he was only out there for, I think, 13 or 15 snaps at most. Too many times they either tried to feature Beckham or they used him as a decoy, and I think that threw off the rhythm of the Rams' offense. Now, they've got to buy this week before they go to Green Bay, so maybe they can work him into the offense a little more effectively and a little more smoothly, but I agree with you. This is a huge gamble for the Rams, and it's one that if they lose to Green Bay on Sunday – with the rest of the division, with Arizona now starting to, to come back to the pack a little bit, yep. and with San Francisco starting to play better, and Seattle, I know people got nervous about Russell Wilson, the way he played against Green Bay, but I think that's because of the rust. I don't think the Rams are going to run away with the NFC like a lot of people thought, or even with right. the division title. I think the Rams could fall short of the prediction of making the NFC championship game. It would not surprise me if a Tampa Bay... If Dallas, the way they're playing right now, if Green Bay, if Arizona, if one of those teams was able to beat the Rams in the playoffs. And boy, does that look well for that uh, that draft pick. I mean, think about it. We have four first-round draft picks in the next two years. That's a lot mm-hmm. of of capital. And the idea that, you know, you have to look at these things over time. Right now, this year, and you look at what's happening from the Stafford trade, we've obviously lost the trade. Mm-hmm. Three years from now, that may be a completely different narrative. It could be very much a we won the trade. It's just at what point and how do things pan out over time. If Matthew Stafford and and I'm not wishing this, but if he were to get injured in mm-hmm. this Green Bay game and 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 have you know missed three, four, five games, it really falls into our lap who won that trade, right? They've they have absolutely riverboat gambled this team to win this year at worst yes. next, and then it's it's a, a precipitous fall from there. And I think part of it is because of the fact that, A, they had that great run to a Super Bowl a few years ago with Jared Goff and haven't been able to repeat those heights yet. Mm -hmm. And B, and you know this, Chris, from living out there, Los Angeles is a tough, tough sports market. Unless you're the Dodgers, unless you're the Lakers, people don't pay attention to you unless you're winning and generating headlines. The Rams were winning and generating headlines. At least they were. Now... Let's see what happens in the next few weeks. If they start winning again, people get excited. If not, they fall to the wayside. And you want an example of that? Look at the Chargers. When the Chargers were playing well, people in Los Angeles were talking about the Chargers. Now suddenly that the Chargers have started to slip back to the rest of the pack, and now they're no longer in first place in the West. Now it's Kansas City. How much do you actually hear people in Los Angeles or see or read anything from Los Angeles about the Chargers? Yeah. There's the one thing that L.A. likes talking about the most is L.A., and if they, get, if they get bumped from the playoffs, uh, I remember when Anaheim won, it was the first time they had ever won the Stanley Cup. It was the the first year I'd moved out there. And I was stunned. I tell, I tell the story the same way every time because it is, it is pretty funny. It was They won the Stanley Cup in, in Detroit, right? We'd have been celebrating in the streets. Oh, yeah. The, the, every, every station would have been covering it wall to wall. 
in in LA, it was like the seventh sports story behind women's high ally. It was it was like really? so deep. Yeah. Nobody even batted an eye that they'd won a world championship and the first ever world championship in Anaheim. I couldn't believe it. And then and, and you know, just coming from Detroit, I was I was it really hit me, you know, where the heck am I? And they are they are a fickle market. It is gonna be interesting to see how things go there. And we're not bashing women's highlight, but come on, you just won the Stanley Cup. That's probably going to get a little more notice than women's highlight. Yeah, yeah. No, I've, I was, I mean, uh, I don't even have a high ally joke. I was, I, I don't know. <laughs> Goodbye, no, ally. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we'll talk about uh, the Cleveland Browns, their injury uh, look. Uh, you know, uh, Jadavian Clowney's had a couple of things, but he's practiced all week. Limited, mm-hmm. he's going to be in the game. A.J. Green, cornerback, concussion, didn't practice. He is out. Um, you have. That's a big loss. Yeah. He's a starter. He's a starter in that secondary. Yep, yep. You have Troy Hill, cornerback, also. Neck, didn't practice. He's out. That's that's two cornerbacks out for that team. Yep. That kind of opens up. Here's here's the problem for the Lions. Tim I, Boyle, you know. Going. <laughs> Tim Boyle has a good week, and boy, oh boy, are all bets off on this team. On this fan base, at least. <laughs> <sighs> it's the Kellen Moore situation all over again. Oh, God, that was torture for for Riz, the whole Kellamore thing. They they still, the Kellamore Mafia still has him in the, on speed dial. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wide receiver uh, Anthony Schwartz is out with a concussion, didn't practice, so there's no hope of seeing him. Uh, Takaris McKinley and Donovan Peoples-Jones are questionable. See, Peoples-Jones is interesting because he was the guy who eventually was going to get some of the snaps that Odell Beckham, some of the deep threat deep mm-hmm. balls that Odell Beckham Jr. would get. If he doesn't play, that kind of limits the Browns' ability to go long in this game, go deep. Yep. Although, it's, when we get to the matchups, that's not going to be a huge issue for the Browns based on the way their offense operates. Well, I don't think it can be. When, when you've got two wide receivers out, and even if Peoples-Jones makes it, it's a groin injury. Mm-hmm. He, that, that speed, that deep threat kind of gets taken out just by the injury and the fact that you know groins are terrible, right? You don't yes. want to... You, you, those A lot like a, an oblique right because you think you'll have it and it'll come back you'll tweak it again um because well, we know we have our oblique and in, in the quarterback position um it's that's tough and and it does go to the, the the position battle as you talked about we'll get to that shortly but also two cornerbacks out that changes yeah. the, the the calculus a little bit for the lions for sure it does and that means there's a possibility depending on the play calling and we'll get to that depending on the play calling could the lions actually take some more deep shots against the Browns than they did against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And again, it all comes down to how Dan Campbell feels. And let's clear it up right now. Dan Campbell's already said he's going to call plays this week against the Browns. So if you look at the way the plays were went last week, 39 runs, 27 passes, I would imagine that the Lions are going to do that again this week against Cleveland. And I'll tell you just, you know, one thing to think about as you hear about Dan Campbell making the playing calls, right? Mm-hmm. Playing play calls. Um, you, 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 and And maybe... Maybe, you know, he did the seating chart for the, for the flight as well. He but <laughs> he may have, he may have, that guy's an energy, everything. He was, they, they've talked a couple weeks about having headset issues on, mm-hmm. on the sideline this season. He was out there in Pittsburgh testing the headsets prior to the game um, last Sunday. Think about that. He was out there, you know, head coach has plenty right. to do before the game, but he's right. out there making sure those headsets were, were working. I'm just going to ask, where was the last OC? There was no no reports of him testing. Now, of course, he's up in the booth, right? right? So he didn't get to see it. But he took it upon himself 
to see that that was working and that there were no issues and made sure to test that out ahead of the game. He's a guy that he looks, looks at his responsibilities, lists out mm-hmm. every nuance and every piece of his responsibilities. And it's almost like a flight, like a, a pilot's checklist ahead of ahead of a flight. He walks down the checklist and gets it done. I don't think you were seeing that as much from the previous OC. And I think that's partly why he's doing a lot of this work that he's taking it on. Mm-hmm. But you know what? That was Dan Campbell, the player, too. He made sure every box was checked. He made sure he did everything to get himself ready for the game. So Dan Campbell, the coach, Dan Campbell, the player, there's basically no difference in the way they prepare for games. And that's a good thing because you want that consistency from week to week. If you are the head coach, you want that to trickle down to your players and you want your players to see that. So to me, that's a good thing that Dan Campbell is actually doing this week to week like that. He is the most authentic practice what you preach guy that mm-hmm. I've seen in the Detroit Lions organization. I mean, you saw it with Stafford. You saw it with um, with Calvin. They were guys. They went out, and they weren't yeah. super loud, boisterous kind of leaders. They were different kind of leaders. But Dan Campbell is now the first time in a head coach that I've seen somebody absolutely practice what they pe- preach, step out there, and 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 lead from the front in that way. And you, you compare it to the last regime with Matt Patricia and how there was it was it felt so inauthentic and so opposite of what you get from Dan. Uh, it's a breath of fresh air, and, and it does, especially in times like these, when things are tough, it bleeds down to those players and shows them that all the way to the top, they haven't given up, and they're you know dotting their I's, crossing their T's every week to do everything they can to try to bring home that victory. And Chris, think about this. Four head coaches that Dan Campbell either played for or worked under, Jim Fossil, Jim Schwartz, Bill Parcells, Sean Payton, all have that similar type all had that similar trait where they were the guys who took care of every detail. They made sure everything was done. The I's were dotted, the T's were crossed. They were guys who were like that. That is wonderful to see. And it's good to see that kind of consistency in a head coach. Yep. Yep. That you that you keep that locker room. That's that's a, a big exactly. question that people have had, and he's absolutely done that. A uh, quick reminder from Floundericious, $250 match on St. Jude tonight on all your donations. If you hit $250, then he's going to throw a bonus, $100 on top to take it to, to $500. we have got, I didn't see, I think we're I think we're at $20. I'm working from memory here. Um, let's get that going. stjude.org slash DLP, stjude.org slash DLP. Let your, your dollars more than double. Uh, let's say what, two? Two and three times, whatever, whatever the number is. <laughs> I'm not doing the math on it. Your money gets bigger when you donate. So uh, get in there and, uh, and help the, ki- the Christmas for the kids and uh, check that out. Also, go to auction.detroitlionspodcast.com. There's all kinds of great merchandise. I actually have the next week off of work. So tomorrow we're going to put all those other extra new, more the Jerry Jacobs. We've got a Hawkinson jersey. We've got um, a signed Darren McCarty boxing glove. A whole bunch uh-huh. of really cool stuff going up there. So uh, check that out. Auction.DetroitLionsPodcast.com and get your stuff. Get your name on your stuff. It'll all go. Uh, auction ends the 15th of December. So you'll have all your stuff by the holidays. You can put it under the tree if you want. Darren McCarty autographing something that somebody uses for a fight. Wow, I would have never suspected that at all. It says uh, "Sweet Revenge," and it has the date of the fight. Yeah, <laughs> I've worked with McCarty before. He's a great guy. He really is. And you know, the fact that he's helping out and all these guys are helping out with the St. Jude—it's it, just awesome. Yeah, yeah, really, really cool stuff. All right, uh, let's talk about these matchups. Um, 
I, I have mine. I alluded to it earlier. I'm going to give you the, well, you've got your own microphone, but why don't you take it and let us know what, what are the key matchups for you in this game this week? Well, the biggest thing is going to be the two running games, the Cleveland Browns running game, which is one of the best running games in the NFL led by Nick Chubb against the Lions front seven, which got gashed at times last week against Pittsburgh. Najee Harris did go over 100 yards rushing. So to me, that's something to keep an eye on. Um, the Lions have had troubles stopping opposing running backs in the past, opposing run games this season. That's going to be interesting. The Browns can get rolling on the ground. That takes the pressure off Baker Mayfield. and That takes the pressure off that passing game, especially if they don't have Donovan Peoples-Jones out there. The Lions run game is going to be huge because they had a season high 229 yards on the ground against a good Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Can they generate that kind of offense against the Cleveland Browns? And here's another thing, Chris. If they can do that, it keeps guys like Garrett and Clowney from rushing the passer. And that's something the Browns do extremely well is they put pressure on the quarterback. And again, you've got a guy making his first NFL career start under center on Sunday. The last thing you want to do is expose him to a huge pass rush from guys like Miles Garrett and Jadevian Clowney. So to me, the two running games are going to be huge. And there's one other thing, Chris. One of the good things about doing news is that you actually get to talk to weather people. Oh, and the people at AccuWeather are saying that it's going to be raining a lot on the Cleveland area on Sunday with the heaviest rain starting to fall around 12 or 1230, which would be about a half hour before kickoff. That might limit what the offenses can do as far as the passing game and force both teams to run the ball. Well, now your AccuWeather team has literally stolen my key matchup. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. It actually only makes it more interesting. Um, you guys are fired. Okay, sorry. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> You're lucky those walls are soundproof. Uh, <laughs> the um, I was looking at the two missing cornerbacks and Tim Boyle, and, and, and I thought about this. If I'm Dan Campbell, the one thing, Dan, you know, against the Rams – it was absolutely riverboat Dan rolling the dice with uh, the the fake punts and the onside kick first early in the game, yeah. the whole thing. But he did that to keep them guessing. He surprised them. With the Pittsburgh game, he said, Yeah, the run, the run stop, the run, you know, the, the stopping the run is your strongest part of your football team in Pittsburgh. I'm gonna put an extra lineman in and I'm gonna attack it. I am going to run directly at the hardest, strongest part of your team. And I'm going to beat it. And for a long time that game, we beat them by yes. exploiting the best part of their team. That had to just, their heads had to be just scrambled, right? That somebody would actually do that and then succeed doing that. Dan's a real interesting guy, and he really does. He pulls out the stops. I like the way he game plans. It's not, it's reminiscent a little bit, if you were to think back to um, the Bengals. Remember with all the, the trick plays in the 80s with. Um, oh, Sam Weich. Yeah, 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 Sam Weich. Um you never knew what they were going to do. They were they were just one of the craziest offenses to yeah. watch. And it was a lot of fun to watch them back then. Dan does, but not that extreme, but he really game plans these things in a way that other teams just do not expect. He does the things that they don't expect. And I, I really appreciate that. So that the thinking with that is, is they have two cornerbacks gone. You've got mm -hmm. Tim Boyle. Nobody's expecting Boyle to be out there throwing the ball. Right. Correct. They're expecting, especially after the Pittsburgh game, you guys are just going to run it at us, just like, like you were thinking. Um, it's almost, I was thinking about this on Sunday. Oh, I see where you're going. You know, do you remember the wishbone? I mean, that's kind yes. of what we ran on, on Sunday with only a, a single back and a quarterback who couldn't run. I mean, that, that, other than that, it was a wishbone, and nobody expected the pass ever, right? Correct. This is the kind of thing you're setting a boil 
to complete some interesting passes today or, or on Sunday. And I wouldn't put it past Dan to exploit the uh, the injuries and, and now the weather to surprise some people with some throws from a guy that he's your backup quarterback. You don't think he's throwing the ball. I can't argue with that because I think you're 100% correct. I think that would be the perfect way. You know, people expect you to zig and you zag. Yeah. People expect you to come out with the running game like he did against Pittsburgh. Why not use Tim Boyle? He supposedly has a strong arm. Why not use a strong-armed quarterback making his first ever start to kind of surprise the defense? And I agree with you. I think that may be the way Dan Campbell goes. Here's the scary thing about that, though, Chris. That defensive line is the strength of the Cleveland Browns. Yep. And again, they love to rush the passer. They this is the same team that made Jer- uh, Justin Fields' life a living hell when the Browns and Bears played a few weeks ago. It wasn't actually so slow about anymore, half, was though. it? <laughs> yeah, that was that was ugly. And they would love to do the same thing to Tim Boyle. So to me, I agree with you. I think Campbell is going to come out and throw the ball, but ultimately they've got to be able to run the ball just to keep that pass rush off of Tim Boyle Absolutely. long enough for him yep. to make some hay downfield. And it's about the injuries. Does Taylor Decker play, right? That, that's right. one of the key pieces, I think, to, to, do, to doing that. Maybe the, uh, the AccuWeather team can redeem themselves and knit a giant umbrella to put over the stadium for us. <laughs> well, those guys are walking out. I just fired them, so oh, sorry. Okay. Sorry, okay. Hey, there's a job at <laughs> the Taylor down the street. <laughs> I got pieces of the old Silverdome that he'd stitched together. <laughs> Listen, if anybody wants to be a weathercaster, we now have openings. <laughs> <laughs> and the afternoon guy's in trouble. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right, let's get to the odds. This is this is fun. Odds, game odds brought to you by Amazon. Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Odds are you're getting ready to get some holiday shopping going, and you head sure. over to Amazon.DetroitLionsPodcast.com for all of those purchases. Tony's told you he doesn't like people. He doesn't like being out in crowds. <laughs> It might, it might have been me. I'm firing uh, people left <laughs> and right. I mean, come on. That's how much I hate people, you know? So why go out? Why get the sniffles? Why deal with all the other stuff that's crawling around out there in this time of year? Sit home, no pants on, the comfy of your chair, listening to the podcast, maybe an extra cocktail in your hand, spending a little too much money at amazon.detroitlinespodcast.com. That link will take you to Amazon. No funny stuff. It just lets them know that we sent you there, and they take a little bit of that money out of Bezos' pocket, and they put it in ours. It's a great way to help the podcast by doing something you were going to do anyway, especially now that you started drinking. All right, uh, Vegas odds. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Uh, the spread is really interesting on this one. Um, okay. Browns minus 12 and a half. Really? Yes. I'm taking the Lions with the 12 and a half. Yeah, I did. <laughs> there you go. And, nice. And, and, and then my long shot, because I, I, I am a long shot money line better. It's mm-hmm. It's been my thing. Now sports betting has been open for three weeks. We've had an app here in Florida. And um, I've done, you know, I'm small bets. I'm just doing, you know, two right. bucks, three bucks a team or whatever here and there. Uh, I put a hundred bucks to, in the bank to start. And I don't bet more than 20 bucks a week. I'm up 25% so nice. far. Just based on these crazy long shot money line jobs. Um, money line Lions plus 495. Now, see, that's a good return. You're five times your money, you know? That's a great return if it comes. See, I'd stay away from the money line on that one, though, because you you have to bet that thinking the Lions are going to win this game. You have to be mm-hmm. confident that the Lions are going to win this game. And unfortunately, you're talking about a guy making his first NFL career start. I am never confident that that guy is going to be the guy. Against, Sorry, I'm not that confident. Against a team 
that many predicted had a shot at making the Super Bowl this year. Correct. Right? <laughs> and so, a team that just got hammered by the New England Patriots the previous Sunday by 38 points. Yes, they got they got. And so they're coming back with a little sting, right? Mm-hmm. A little sting yes. in their step. They want to they want to pay back. And of course, the Lions are the ones that they're going to come in and uh, abuse in their turnaround. Uh, but the Browns are minus five ninety. No need, no need to put money on that. Nah. <laughs> Stay uh, away from the money line, folks. Yep, yep. Over under. Where would you guess that would be? Considering the weather and considering the quarterback situation for both teams, one banged up, one making his first ever NFL start, I would say forty three or forty four. Forty nine and a half. Really? Yeah. Under people. Yeah. Under. Yeah. I think some folks have been drinking down at the uh, <laughs> the, the book. This year. They, they're never wrong, though. That's the thing. There's something going on here, right? There's, that mm-hmm. spread seems nuts to me. Very um, nuts. And that over-under seems nuts, but that's where we sit. Wow. 12 and a half and 49. That's crazy. Yeah, in the rain with Tim Boyle. No. No. With Boyle on your back. All right. Let's uh, <laughs> let's go to our Fanatics final outcomes. Fanatics.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Don't forget your jerseys, your hats, your lapel pins, your underwear, all branded Detroit Lions, but not just Lions. If you're a Michigan fan, you got that. You've got your yep. Michigan State. You've got your basketball jerseys. You've got your hockey. You name it, the sport, the league, it's all there, and it's all the official license. Good stuff. Fanatics.DetroitLionsPodcast.com. All right, Tony. Here it is, all the pressure in the world. We have no foreshadowing in the first minute of the show as to who you think might win this game. What do you think the final outcome is going to be? Chris, let me add one more thing. The Lions have a rookie kicker. Oh. No more Santoso? No more Santoso, who had a really rough day in Pittsburgh. Sorry. I I felt bad for the guy. I really did. I did. I have liked him for three seasons that he's been in camp with the lions he looked really really good that first year in camp was i will never forget watching him set up with the t at the 50 Mm -hmm. yard sideline right and kicking it through the skinny posts time after time after time without a problem just nailing them and i'm like this guy and then he's punting i'm like he's a dual threat he can kind of do both he could be a backup for you know for the for the the place kicker i'm just like this is a guy that there's some there's some potential there, and I just hated to see what happened. I just yeah, I don't I know what it was. It just looked bad from start to finish. A part of it's the weather, and part of it was especially the field goal he missed in overtime. Having been the Heinz Field before, he was kicking towards the open part of the stadium, and the winds come off the three rivers at the open part of the stadium like crazy. If you think Soldier Field is windy, Heinz Field at the open end is literally a wind tunnel. Facing and it's like the Metrodome, right? Exactly. <laughs> With the same kind of chill. You know what? I'm never going to live that down, am I? Um, it's even followed me to Wayne State games. It's, that's why, the, just we, ladies and gentlemen, that's why the AccuWeather's team isn't there anymore. Yeah, really. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> okay, they can come back. Um, <laughs> now nah, I lost track. Oh, oh sorry. it's a wind tunnel, basically. Yep, yep, so yep. I, when the Lions won the toss in overtime, it's like I kind of shook my head. I'm like, ah, oh, I wish they had lost the toss because they could pick the open end of the field and force Pittsburgh to do it. But the moment they won the toss in overtime in Pittsburgh, you knew they were going to choose the open end of the field. Why didn't um, they use some of that amazing strategy shown by Morty, Marty Morningweg years ago? Oh, they, thanks, Bill. <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine the oh, absolute meltdown we'd still be having in Detroit? Oh, Dan man. The win there. I, I still remember Robert Porsche's face that day. He did what? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. 
Um, look, they were able to score 16 against a, a similar defense in Pittsburgh last week. So I think the final score here is going to be 24-17. Excuse me. They'll make the extra point. 24-17 in favor of the Browns. I just think the Browns are too good. They need this win desperately. They're coming off a really bad showing against New England. They do get Baker Mayfield back there, which helps them out quite a bit. And I just think they just have a pretty good, if not very good, running game that I think is going to be effective against the Lions. So put me down 24-17 Browns. Yep. All right. So I am still all over the under or the the spread on this at 12 and a half. Take the Lions at 12 and a half. But I'm, my prediction doesn't reflect that. I Uh-oh. see the I don't see the Lions able to score a touchdown. I just don't see it. Happening. Really? Yep. I uh, I have them with three field goals. 24 to nine. The, okay. the Browns take this one uh, this week. Uh, but I'm still betting the, the minus 12 and a half. Or the, the 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 lines with twelve and a half. Sorry, I just think the weather's an X factor. The quarterback's an X factor, and the kicker is an X factor. I, I just think I don't think the Lions will pull it off, but I think the Lions will keep it close, like they've done all year. And who knows? Maybe this game, like Pittsburgh last week, Chris goes into the fourth quarter with the Lions actually having a chance to win this thing. Can you imagine? You want to? This is this is like the the craziest timeline. The Lions walk in there, another weather game. Ball mm-hmm. slipping. There's the mistakes. Boyle starting the game, and the Lions somehow eke out a victory. Just the 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 utter confusion that's going to surround Detroit at both the quarterback position yep. and and just how do they win this game? <laughs> like like just complete. It's going to come unraveled for the fans. It's just going to come completely unraveled if that happens. Chris, let me give you an even funnier scenario. The Lions could end up picking two up two wins in a week. They can beat Cleveland. They can beat Chicago. They can go from 08 and one to two eight and one in the span of five days. Now, granted, that's like throwing life chairs off, you know, a, a deck chair off the Titanic. But even still, it beats having to hear, well, are the Lions going to be the first 016 and one team? If they can win a game and get that monkey off their back, yep. that might help yep. them out as well. And, and, and no, I never considered the idea of a tie. Before the Pittsburgh, no, I game, never did either. Right? It was like, oh, look, it's you just got to win one, and it'll be okay. The right. Owen, the first Owen seventeen stain never goes away. Everyone remembers that. You win a game, three years people have forgotten it. It's like whatever, right? right. That tie, that almost cements it even worse. Yeah, it does. <laughs> if you go Owen sixteen and one, that's just and look, you're right. People don't forget that these, you know, they don't forget that the Lions went Owen sixteen. They don't forget the Browns went Owen sixteen. I mean, that's kind of something that's hanging over this game as well. These are the only two franchises to ever lose 16 games in a season like that in the in one single season to go winless in a single season. People remember this. These this is a game between the two most tortured fan bases right now in the NFL. Someone do the numerology on this. Mm-hmm. We went 0 and 16. The Browns went 0 and 16. We tied a game last week, 16 to 16. And mm-hmm. our quarterback's number is 16. Something in here with all those 16s. It's either an evil number or something. Some curse is getting broken somewhere. I don't know. I just well, need my astrologist to get in here. <laughs> well, you know what? Listen, <laughs> listen. I'm telling you what. The quarterback is no longer 16. It's 12. So yeah. all of a sudden, that breaks. That breaks the curse. If you believe in curses, I don't. But. Four years till the Super Bowl because they're all divisible by four. Here we go. Sure. Okay. Madam Chris's line is open right now. Right now. $14 a minute. Oh. <laughs> all right. There you go. I kick. I can't remember. Um, I, all I can think of is Madame Tassad, but that's Wax Museum. No, that's the Wax Museum. Oh, what was the name of the psychic? She used to have the, the commercials on with the 1 900 number. It was, I'm sorry. I'm. Yeah. Hit us in the in the chat really quick. Remind us who the the psychic the Matt was. It was Madam or Miss Mrs. Miss 
Miss Cleo. Miss Cleo. It. That's it. There you go. Thank you. Thank you. Miss Cleo. <laughs> there it is. Yep. Nick, Nick just hit it as we hit that. Miss Cleo. Okay. Yep, Thanks, Nick. Thank you all. All right. Post game show this week on Sunday with our man Sandman. We'll do that in heavy pitch time. Uh, Tuesday is the podcast this week, not Wednesday. Uh, Nick Rodriguez, call me now for your free reading. <laughs> uh, <laughs> all you need is Dion Warwick standing right with you, and that would be perfect. <laughs> used to do the commercials with Miss Cleo. It was awesome. Yep, yep. Uh, Tuesday, not Wednesday this week, we're going to do the podcast. Wednesday is the, that last night. Everyone's getting ready for family and everything else the, yeah. on the Thanksgiving holiday and the game. Uh, we're seeing if T.O. can join us. He's got to juggle his schedule a little bit, but we, we thought we'd get back to some old fun times with Riz and T.O. and myself. So we'll see how that goes, and then uh, there'll be no post-game show this week because we're going to be eating turkey and probably having a little bit too much alcohol with it. So Probably. That's the way it goes. All right, don't forget about Lions Nation Unite. Uh, Lions Nation Unite. Check it out. It's a great app. All kinds of fans hanging out, including some of your favorite creators, us, uh, Dos Dion, Micro Mike, all the all the coolest cats in the town are hanging out there and uh, interacting with the fans and Herman Moore. Talking about Lions, what's going on, and taking the, the analysis to the next level. It's a great place to go. Head on over to lionsnationunite.com, and uh, you can pick up the app in the App Store or Google Play. It's available right now for free. All right. Uh, T.O., we did it. We, we are the super superstars. It's like we didn't take a bunch of time off here. We, we just That's right true. The saddle. That's true. It's going to feel – it feels really good to know that the holidays are right around the corner. So to everybody out there, happy Thanksgiving. Obviously, I'll see you Tuesday, but happy Thanksgiving in advance. Let me be one of the first people to wish you that. That's awesome. Thank you, Tio. Back at you and your family. Two guys back in the saddle in our bejeweled jeans ready to go. Don't forget about <laughs> us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Patreon.com slash Detroit Lions podcast. Get your action going on. As little as a dollar a month gets you access to the, the Slack, which is in without a doubt, the most intelligent Lions chat on the internet. Greatest Agreed. group of people. You see Floundericious leading the charge on the uh, St. Jude stuff. St. Jude.org slash DLP. Donate away. He's got a big uh, uh, big match going on for us right now. Um, it, it's all those folks. They're great people. It's a great community of people. You, you definitely want to hang out. There's Riz, myself, everybody's there. Check it out. It's a fun time. Uh, also follow us on Twitter at D-E-T Lions Podcast. That's D-E-T Lions Podcast. Hit that follow button. And AJ Ortiz 3 get tony follow let let the folks know that the number one newsman in the afternoon is top of the twitter where he belongs oh <laughs> uh, uh, what am i gonna chris i'm hiring you as my agent that's it <laughs> at least a hype man right <laughs> there you go exactly and accurate weather forecaster too <laughs> extra gig <laughs> hey hidey ho rain fans <laughs> <laughs> It's snowing in Detroit. Oh, oh man. All right. Don't forget to hit the subscribe and the like buttons on the YouTube for those that are watching there. Thank you so much. Uh, give us a call on Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, all one word, Detroit Lions Podcast, or in the Lions line at 929-33-LIONS. It's 929-335-4667. And be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com, subscribe to the podcast, so we can show up in your little music player, which pumps it in your ears automatically. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions podcast. Remember, no pans, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems, because we're almost as cool as Tony Ortiz, and we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is...
over. You've had enough of that shit. 